you think you know what we're going to talk about. And welcome back to Three Fates Decide. It just sounds more dramatic that way. All right, so this week we are going to be talking about... But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. One Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I mean, we always celebrated Easter. You're part of the Half-Blood Prince. So we're going to do another free-talk, freestyle thing, no planned discussion. At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. We're going to hit the main highlights. That is the thing that we were saying back in that episode. Quick recap. Three Fates Decide podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Three Fates Decide. My name is Liz, and I am your solo host for this episode. So this time, I'm going to be talking about conventions. In particular, I'm talking about comic book conventions, slash entertainment conventions, slash anime manga conventions, basically any kind of a convention that is more of a pop culture, quote-unquote, nerdy type. This is going to be an episode where I talk about how do you navigate one for the very first time. Now, I'm sure some of you listening to this episode may be like me, where you've been to quite a few already, but in the event that someone you know is thinking about going to a convention for the first time, or you are planning to actually go to a convention for the first time this year, this is the episode for those people. And this isn't to say that some of you experienced con goers can't listen to this episode. You certainly can. If anything, actually, it would be really great if any of you guys share any of your experiences going to conventions because, of course, nobody's experiences are necessarily the same, especially because we all go to different ones, not just in terms of locations of these things, but also just what type we go to. But this is going to be a general advisement type of episode where I will talk generalities of things that you will want to keep in mind when you go to a convention for the first time. But when I discuss examples, I'm going to be, of course, using New York Comic Con as one of my examples. And I'm also going to use a couple of random anime conventions that I have previously attended as examples as well. But a lot of things I'm going to be discussing in this episode will apply to just about any kind of pop culture convention you attend. And again, if there are some additional advice that people that go to other types of conventions that you would love to share, but I don't happen to mention because I never had those experiences, or maybe it just never occurred to me because that particular thing never came up for me, then I would be more than happy to hear from you. But at any rate, you are interested in going to a convention, or maybe you are planning to go to a convention for the very first time. And it can either be very straightforward or very overwhelming. Whenever possible, you will want to have your very first convention be a convention that is either happening in the city you live in, or it's going to be located in a place that's within a very short travel distance 
from where you live. I personally would advise first timers to go to a quote unquote local convention because I, for example, I have stated quite a few times, especially if you are a longtime listener to this podcast. I'm sure many of you guys already know that I am a native New Yorker. I am born, raised, lived here my entire life, which means that I do have access to quite a few different types of conventions. Not that I necessarily go to all of them, but I've been to a few. And of course, one of the biggest conventions you could possibly think of in the entire United States is, of course, New York Comic Con. But I will say the very first nerdy convention that I ever went to was actually an anime convention. That was very short-lived, but it was an anime convention in 2001, and it was a New York City one. It was called Big Apple Anime Fest, and it's one of your classic three-day conventions where it ran from Friday to Sunday. And in that particular convention, I coincidentally only had the time and the money to go to the convention on a Sunday, which was an interesting experience. I may want to go back and expand on it a little bit more, but we'll see. At any rate, that was a relatively small convention in the sense that there were like a few thousand people that attended, but it wasn't anywhere near as many people as you hear about at things like Star Wars Celebration or San Diego Comic-Con or, of course, New York Comic-Con. It was nowhere near that huge, but I would probably say like it was under 5,000 people attended the whole weekend, which may sound like a lot, but again, compared to the really big famous conventions that most of you guys have probably heard of, it's not really that many. The only other conventions that would be smaller are like really teeny tiny ones that a bunch of fans managed to put together a modest budget to rent hotel conference rooms to do a mini convention or it's being run on a college campus, which there are quite a few conventions that actually started out as a thing being operated on a college campus. One in particular I recall was this sci-fi convention that I had attended on a couple occasions. I don't believe it exists anymore, but there was a pretty well-known one called Icon that was located primarily on the Stony Brook University campus. For those of you who are not from the New York tri-state area, Stony Brook University is part of the SUNY aka State University of New York system, and it's pretty well known for its science and medical departments in terms of academics. So that happens to be an example of a convention that got started and was primarily run on a college campus. Some of you guys would probably be really surprised at how many of conventions, both current conventions and also conventions that used to exist before the pandemic started out that way. But at any rate, back to the whole point of this episode. Like I was saying, I do personally advise you guys to make your first convention be one that is within your area, like where you live. And if you don't happen to have a convention happening in the city or town you live in, again, whatever is considered reasonable traveling distance, like you wouldn't have to necessarily get a hotel room. Like it's easy travel from where you actually live to the convention location. Because the thing is that what you will quickly discover is that conventions cost 
you a lot of money. And of course, if you go to a convention where you have to leave your state or you have to go to a different part of the country, or in some cases you have to go to another country, the money you're spending adds up really quickly. So it's honestly better if you want to keep a modest budget, especially as a first timer, you do want to stick with a local one. On top of that, Another benefit of a local convention is the fact that since the convention is local, it means the people are also local. They generally have a better sense of what are fans in this particular area interested in. So you will find that some of the content that they're featuring at the convention will be geared towards what you and other people in this area are interested in. Another thing to consider, like I actually briefly mentioned, is your budget. Now, aside from travel expenses and potentially a hotel room that you will need for the duration of the convention, if you're planning to actually go to a convention that's located far from where you live, the thing is that you need to consider in terms of budget is number one, what is the cost of the badges? Now, a convention, just like any other type of entertainment gathering event, it costs money to get into the event. So you will have to see the convention's website and find out what are the costs of the badges. Now, of course, not every convention charges money the same amount. They don't offer the same types of badges, but just to give you a general idea, what's very common is, of course, the one-day badge, which means, for example, let's say you happen to be a student, and of course, naturally, as a student, the only times you would theoretically have any free time is, of course, Saturday or Sunday. And very oftentimes, you don't have the time or the money to afford going to a convention for all three days or in the case of really huge conventions, the two major Comic-Cons, four days. So you have to make a decision here, like, which day do I want to go? Now, what's also pretty common that you will find is the pricing for each of the days will be different. For some conventions, they more or less keep the one-day badges for each of the days they're running like roughly the same price. That tends to be what the really huge conventions do. But for a lot of the smaller and the mid-sized conventions, it is pretty common for you to see that Saturday is the most expensive out of the one-day badge options because, understandably, a lot of people want to go to a convention on a Saturday because Saturdays tend to be the day where a lot of people are interested in going out and also a lot of the really amazing, cool stuff that gets scheduled to happen at the convention tends to be put on Saturday precisely because a lot of people tend to want to go to the convention on a Saturday. But it's sometimes worth going to conventions on a Friday or a Sunday for different reasons. So I mentioned why Saturday is a big draw, but let me point out a couple of interesting reasons why you may want to go on a Sunday. Now, a lot of conventions tend to make Sunday a family-friendly day. If you happen to be somebody who has kids, or maybe you have 
kids in your family that are interested in going to a convention and you happen to be designated as their adult supervision when their parents may be not interested in doing it. Sunday may be an option for you, especially if the kid or kids in question happen to be under like say 12 years old because a lot of conventions will have special badges that are for kids between the ages of say 5 and 12. I know for example New York Comic Con that's definitely what they do. They have special children's badges available for sale only on Sundays and then they have a lot of events and panels and things on Sunday that are geared towards kids, okay? Because in the case of New York Comic Con, as the example here, if you bring a child to the convention on any other day other than Sunday, you have to buy an adult badge for them if they are over five years old. Meanwhile, if you brought them only during Sunday, when they have the special events that are geared towards the younger kids, you can get a discounted children's badge for them. And the other reason, which is related to another factor on the money that you may want to consider, is Sunday is a really good shopping day. And by shopping day, I mean it may be a day where you want to do all of your merch shopping. And I'm going to expand on this a little bit more when I get to the other aspect of the budget that you want to consider. But that is something to keep in mind when you're trying to pick out which day you want to attend, if you only had the choice of going one day out of the entire three-day or four-day run of the convention. Regarding Friday, now most conventions are Friday to Sunday, so this will also apply to those events that happen to be running Thursday to Sunday. But basically, another reason that you may want to choose Friday or Thursday, whichever, as your one day that you're going to the convention is the fact that it's also related to the shopping thing, but also just the fact that there's statistically less people attending the convention on those days, especially if you're going to a really large convention, again, like New York Comic Con or San Diego, those two days tend to have less people, so it's less crowded. And there is a slightly different benefit in terms of the merch shopping when you go on the first day of the convention rather than the Saturday or the Sunday. But of course, ideally, if you are able to afford the money in terms of money and also time, it is ideally better if you can go get a weekend badge, which is another badge option that you will totally find. Those are usually the badge options you get for conventions, but you occasionally have really huge conventions, again, like New York Comic Con, where they'll do things like, oh, you can get a four-day badge, which is essentially the whole weekend. And now they're starting to introduce VIP badges, where if you're willing to cough up a lot more money, you get a lot of bonuses that you don't get when you're only going to the convention for one day or even just a regular weekend badge. But again, it's one of those things where if you have the disposable income to spend that kind of money, then why not? So it's entirely up to you. You have to go to the convention's website, read all the details, and if necessary, reach out to the con staff and ask them questions to find out more details about 
whether or not it may be worth it to you to actually cough up that kind of money if that is something that they are offering. Okay. What I briefly mentioned is the whole shopping thing. So one of the features that is pretty well known at a convention is the fact that you can buy a lot of merchandise. I'm not going to really get into what type of stuff you can buy at conventions because just about anything related to all sorts of popular franchises and titles and characters that you're interested in, there is probably merch available at the convention. There's usually some sort of designated area at the convention for all the different vendors that will sell products and also some companies related to whatever type of convention this is will also have booths and tables that they will purchase for the weekend to display promotional stuff as well as merch that they are selling. So you will want to keep in mind is that it's very tempting to go have a huge nerdy merch hall when you go to the exhibitors hall and you start looking around. But you do have to keep in mind is that, well, okay, how much money are you willing to spend? Because don't be too surprised if the things that they're selling are pricey because, of course, conventions are a very good business opportunity for a lot of merchants. But also, it's very tempting to purchase stuff because there are items that are labeled as convention exclusives, which usually means that either it's some sort of limited edition item that is specifically for convention purchase only. Like it may be exclusives to a specific convention you're going to, or it may be an item that this seller is only selling at conventions, but you cannot buy it on their website or at any other stores on a normal basis. So that's why you do have to remind yourself, okay, I am only going to spend X amount of dollars if I do any shopping in there. Also, you may want to keep in mind like what types of items you're potentially interested in purchasing. You may want to do a little research online to see what is considered normal price range for some of the items that you may possibly want to buy if you happen to see it at the convention. Because it's really unfortunate if you end up spending for, say, a Batman figure of some sort, and then it turns out that, oh, I could have bought something exactly like this or something similar enough to it somewhere else online for $20 less, that sort of thing. You want to have all these things in mind. Now, I mentioned this when I was talking about the one-day badge decision-making earlier, but the thing is that if you're someone who is interested in buying merchandise, the thing you have to consider is that if you only have one day to attend, like I mentioned that there's pros and cons, whether you want to go on day one of the convention, which may be Thursday or Friday, or if you want to go on Sunday. Now, the biggest benefit of going on a Sunday is the fact that since it's the last day of the convention, as you would imagine, it does cost money for all these vendors to ship their inventory from wherever it is that they store their inventory normally, like some other warehouse or even in some cases some retail stores. They may have to ship it from far away 
to the location of this convention. And any stuff that they didn't sell, they're going to have to pay money to ship it back to wherever they store their inventory. So one of the tricks that a lot of merchants will do is that on the last day of the convention, they may offer huge discounts to basically get rid of stuff and therefore spend a lot less money shipping the leftover inventory. If you want to try to save money on your shopping, Sunday is a really good option because don't be too surprised if you see them saying, oh, everything is like 30% off. Everything is 40% off. It depends on like how desperate are they to get rid of their inventory. Bargain hunting is a lot of fun in that respect if you go on a Sunday. The one negative of going on a Sunday would be the fact that, well, okay, basically you're looking at what they have left because potentially all the good stuff already got purchased on the other days of the convention already. So you're basically going through what is literally left in the show floor that you can get for 50% off. Now, if you're somebody who is pretty open-minded in terms of what sort of merchandise you would be interested in getting, then yes, Sunday is great because you can go do some treasure hunting and find all sorts of random stuff that you are probably really interested in getting. And hey, you may be getting it for 50% off potentially. That's what you will probably find on Sundays. Now, on the opposite end, if you go on a Thursday or Friday, again, because it's the very beginning of the convention, there's a lot more choice of products and items you could be purchasing. If you have some specific ideas about what you want to buy, then that's really the best time to do that type of shopping. If shopping for merchandise is not something really important to you, then this is not going to be a factor in your choice of, oh, which day do I want to go, then that's fine. But I just want to point out to any of you who are interested in this sort of thing, these are the things to take into consideration. Because I'll be honest with you, it's very tempting to go crazy shopping in there and then you find out later that, oh, some of the stuff I bought, I probably could have gotten cheaper if I did my homework online. So you got to keep that in mind. So another thing that's somewhat related to the spending thing is that quite a few conventions will have celebrity guests show up. Some of the guests may be willing to do photo sessions and autograph signings with you and other people who are attending the convention, but it's very common for them to charge you for it. Every once in a while, you may have celebrity guests who are actually attending the convention because they are promoting a project that they are doing or is coming out in the near future. So in some cases, those guests may be willing to do special autographs, special photo sessions for free. But in those cases, they are probably either going to do a special lottery type of situation where only random con attendees have the opportunity to do those things because, of course, since it's free, they have to limit how many people are able to do it, both in terms of the amount of time it takes for these celebrities to interact with all these people and also in terms of like just time and energy level for the guests because obviously it's not fair to make 
actors stand around taking pictures and signing stuff for 3,000 people because they're going to be there for hours. Another thing that they may do in terms of limiting the number of people for those kind of sessions may be they're limiting it to only people who attended the panels that were scheduled to, again, promote a particular movie or TV show that these celebrities are showing up to promote for. That's something to keep in mind. But most of the celebrity guests that will be attending conventions, they do actually charge you money. And a lot of conventions nowadays, they do tell you ahead of time how much money said celebrity is going to be charging. And let me tell you, it is not cheap because quite a few celebrities know now that conventions are very lucrative business-wise for them. Because listen, I can't completely blame them because if I was in their position where I'm a celebrity and I am being asked to go to a convention, especially a really huge one that has like thousands of attendees, if I am expected to spend six hours of my day for an entire three-day, four-day weekend to take pictures and sign autographs for potentially thousands of people, I should get compensated for it because to you as a fan, going to a convention is your fun activity. But for the celebrity, this is just another job they have to do. Let's be honest, because I'm pretty sure on a personal level, unless the celebrity happens to be a nerd themselves, they would probably rather spend their Friday, Saturday, Sunday at home relaxing or hanging out with friends or whatever than being inside a convention center or a hotel all day. Yeah, they're going to want to make some kind of money off of this. And of course, I don't know all the details about contracts that celebrities may have with conventions, but it's pretty common for the convention to probably pay a certain fee, like an appearance fee. But the appearance fee is just going to be so much money because, of course, naturally conventions are not like movie studios where they can afford to spend thousands and thousands of dollars for an A-list actor to show up. So a bulk of the money that the celebrity is going to earn from appearing at the convention is obviously going to be through the photos and autographs that they're doing all weekend long. Once you find out that, hey, there are certain actors or whoever are going to show up, they will make announcements, which is why I do recommend you should sign up to any newsletters or mailing lists if it's listed on the convention's website. Definitely do those because they will usually announce to people that signed up to those lists first. But as soon as you find out the information, you should definitely take into account, okay, can I afford to do the photo or the autograph with said celebrity? If you want to do that stuff, but again, you want to keep your budget limited. One recommendation I would say is that actually taking the picture may be better than the autograph, mainly because now this is not necessarily the policy at every convention, but it's very common at conventions that if you're doing a photo session, a lot of times they may tell you and you would have to read the fine print when you sign up to these things. They may tell you that, oh, you can have up to four people in the picture with whoever you're doing the photo with. 
which means that even if they're charging you a lot of money to take the picture, the thing is that if you are like, say, attending the convention with a bunch of friends and all of you guys happen to be fans of the same person, then it may be worth it to do the picture because then all of you guys can be in the picture and then later uh, you can basically split the cost of taking the picture. And if you need to pay extra to get multiple copies, then hey, the cost of the multiple copies can be added into how much money the whole thing costs. And then you guys split it up three ways, four ways, however many ways it is. But in that respect, in terms of budgeting, that is probably your best option. But I will warn you guys is that regardless of whether you're taking a picture or an autograph, your interaction with whoever this person is, it's going to be very brief. I can tell you, actually, if you guys listen to our free talk episode number 75, where Sam and I actually discuss in a little bit more detail our experiences at New York Comic Con with the photographs and the autograph sessions, definitely listen to that episode. So I'm not going to repeat too much, but basically the interaction you're going to have with celebrities is very short. So don't think that, oh, because I'm going to be taking a picture with Jeremy Renner or Robert Downey Jr. or something that we're going to have this amazing conversation. No, that's not going to happen. One of the rare times that you may luck out and actually spend more than 30 seconds in front of this person is if you go on the first day of the convention and it just so happens that person is scheduled to be there doing those kind of sessions, then you may actually get an opportunity to chit chat with them. Because again, usually on the first day of the convention, there tends to be less people attending them, which means that the lines will be generally shorter. And therefore, if the lines are relatively short, then the other people on the line may be more patient and be understanding of you wanting to spend two or three minutes talking to this person. If you are on a line, okay, where there's 200, 300 other people waiting to take the picture or get an autograph from this person, it's extremely rude and extremely annoying if you're going to be standing up there taking five minutes of their time because if every single person on that line did that, then this autograph session, whatever, is going to take way, way longer than it really should be. And that's not fair. And it's very poor etiquette. So don't be one of those people who do things like that. Now, granted, a lot of times there will be convention staff managing the line. So they are going to encourage you to move on when the autograph or whatever is done. So the lines will usually go as quickly and as efficiently as possible. But again, potentially there are going to be random times where a person may be taking up way too much time. So please, if you are attending your first convention or you're going to do your autograph thing for the very first time, don't be that person that is going to make the 300 other people behind you wait even longer. You may have heard at this point that it's very common for people to dress up in costumes. And I want to reassure you that if you are going to your convention for the first time, you are not at all expected to dress up in costume. If you happen to be really talented at making stuff like that, then by all means, totally feel free to do that. 
But if you don't have that kind of talent or you don't know anybody who has that kind of talent that's willing to do that for you, then do not feel obligated to dress up, okay? Because the whole point of cosplay is that you want to share your love of something with other people who are attending the same event who may have the exact same love for this thing as you do. So don't feel like you must do it to prove yourself or whatever. Just do it because you feel like it. Just to close out the episode, a few minor things that are very straightforward is that you will want to make sure that you very carefully read all the rules that are posted by the convention because the convention will usually mention various safety rules and rules of conduct that they expect all attendees to follow because very often these events are happening at hotels or at convention centers. So some of the rules are related to rules established by the building. Okay, if people are violating rules that are established by building management, then you will be kicked out. Okay, there's also certain rules by the convention itself because the staff running the convention, they are obligated to make sure that everything happening at the convention is fun and safe for everybody. Okay, so if you are going to start violating a bunch of these rules that could potentially put safety and fun for everybody in danger, then they are obligated to kick you out. So don't ruin things for yourself and other people by not following the rules, okay? Another thing also is once they release the con schedule, definitely study it because what often happens at conventions is that aside from the merchandise purchasing opportunities and also opportunities to meet celebrity guests that may have been invited to attend, the other thing you will want to be aware of is that you will have lots of panels and screenings and even workshops happening as well as like other miscellaneous activities that are scheduled to be occurring at various points during the weekend. So as soon as the schedule listing all the different events gets released, you need to know what exactly they have scheduled because there could be all sorts of things you may be interested in that you want to go check out, but you need to know when are they scheduled to happen and in a lot of cases, you need to know when and where these things are happening. Because, for example, with New York Comic Con, it happens every year at the Jacob Javits Center. Now, if you've ever been there, you know how huge this building is. And for those of you who've never been in the building before, it is a large building. It is a five-story convention center. It is multiple streets long in terms of the size of the building. So there's so many things happening at, you know, various times and on various days during the convention, which is why every year when I attend it and also when I happen to go with my nieces in recent years is that we have to give ourselves at least 15, 20 minutes 
to study what's happening when and have an idea like, okay, which things do I want to attend? Because again, due to the fact they are scheduled at different times and at different locations throughout the building, it's almost a bit like you're back in college and you're planning out your schedule for the semester and you need to know where are the different classes locating on which floor, which room, in some cases, which building, if you happen to be on a campus with multiple buildings. You need to know these things because If you have more than one event you're interested in, they're occurring at the same time slot or they are happening way too close to each other, but they're in very, in very separate locations from each other, whatever, you need to make decisions. You have to decide, okay, which thing do I want to go to more than the other one? There's a certain event you really want to check out and there's another event that you're interested in. You don't absolutely have to go to it, then you need to be aware that, okay, maybe I'm going to prioritize this thing versus the other thing. So there you go. You made your decision. Okay. And related to that, if you happen to be going to a really big event, now you, this won't happen as much at a smaller convention or even a medium-sized convention necessarily, but if you're going to go to a big convention like New York Comic Con or San Diego or whatever, if you suspect that this event that's scheduled is going to be very popular and a lot of people will want to check it out. You need to keep in mind is that due to size limitation of the rooms that these things are happening in, they can only allow a certain number of people to physically go into the room that this thing is happening in, which means that they may cut off the lines that are waiting to go in to, say, this auditorium where they're going to have a huge Star Wars panel or a huge Marvel panel or whatever. So you need to keep in mind is that you may actually want to show up at that location and wait online early to save a spot. So it's almost like you're waiting to get tickets for a concert and you physically wait on a line to get the tickets. Okay, it's the same kind of thing when you're going to go to some of these panels at these really huge conventions, is that you are not the only one who wants to go to this particular event. There's going to be hundreds of other people that want to get in to hear certain people talking or potentially see early preview clips of this thing that they're going to be promoting at the convention. So you have to keep that in mind when you're also going to plan out your day of what you are attending and what you're not attending. I joke about how going to the really huge conventions, it's almost exactly like you are planning a trip to Disney World, okay? You are going to have all these popular rides and all these popular attractions are going to have lines like crazy. So you can only fit so many things over the course of a day because, again, you have to wait on these lines to get into the thing. So you have to keep that in mind when you're going to a large convention. And like I said before, a smaller convention, you may not have this type of issue as much. I have no idea how big or how small of a convention your first time is going to be. These are things you should keep in mind. When you go to the convention, you want to dress and pack for the day properly. Now, assuming that you are not going to be cosplaying, definitely dress comfortably because, again, depending on what activities you're doing, you may be on your feet 
all day long. So you definitely want to make sure you're wearing comfortable shoes. If you happen to be going to a large convention, it's going to be crowded and there may be a lot of attendees. A lot of the normal seating arrangements that the convention is at may be taken up. So you could potentially be sitting on the floor or something. You don't want to be wearing anything uncomfortable if you're going to be running around all day long for eight to 10 hours for these things. And also, again, you may want to double check rules or if necessary, contact the convention staff about this. But you may want to pack some snacks for yourself because now granted at a lot of locations, they will tell you where you can purchase food because they may have a food court, especially at a convention center. I know at New York Comic Con, they also had the option of some food trucks outside of the building that you can also purchase food from. You also may have restaurants that you have access to if the convention happens to be located in a hotel. But those options are going to be, again, pricey because of the fact that this is a really good opportunity to make money off of a relatively captive audience, if you will. Don't be too surprised that your food budget, okay, may be a little bit on the high side. Having snacks are pretty helpful because if you are attending a convention and there are no rules stating that, oh, you are not allowed to bring outside food or you're not allowed to bring food at all into this building because that happens to be a rule for the building, then yeah, totally feel free to bring food to the convention because you will definitely find stuff that you want to eat. You will also be able to probably purchase it for a lot cheaper than food courts, restaurants, whatever that happen to be connected to the convention. Yeah, that's just about it. Did you like what you heard on our episode today? Well, then feel free to come back and listen to us again. You can find us on all different streaming sites, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it, we're there. And if you really like us, feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Three Fates Decide. That's T-H-R-E-E Fates Decide. You can also email us at threefatesdecide at gmail.com. And check out our website at threefatesdecide.com to find other episodes, information about your three hosts, and all of our other links. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Three Fates Decide.